Okay, so I am so excited to have you chatting today about something that has been such a gift <laughs> to my life. And I want everyone who is listening to go right now, pause and buy a copy of Amy Suhardi's incredibly beautiful book, My Beautiful, Terrible Pandemic Life. <laughs> I love it so much that it's painful because I start tearing um, because especially the beginning, I went one page, one day at a time because what you were writing was so deeply resonant and beautiful that I needed to marinate in the words. Mm. And most people know I am a voracious, manic reader. <laughs> so for me to take one page a day is like a thing. That's like a really, wow. Is, I just want you to start Will you please read on page four? Will you read everything is stopped? I'm just going to cry this whole time we're talking. <laughs> sure. I mean, sure, I'll read and, and feel free to cry as well. Uh, so this was written on March 18th, 2020. Everything is stopped. I take a walk by myself after dinner in the last blue of day. The houses are glowing amber. The people inside, tending children, closing windows, facing computers. Birds trilling and sirens wailing are the only sounds. Fuchsia magnolias, flowering pears, and ballerina pink cherries perform to empty theaters. Sometimes I want to catch this sickness, to know this beast, wrestle it in my body, and make all this destruction as ferocious as its cause. Because all this shuddering up and waiting at the window when no one I know is sick feels like we are afraid of one big ghost. Again, silence, mic drop, like that would be enough. <laughs> but wow. your writing, I'm gonna read one too. This is a shorter one. You can't cry on Zoom, especially since I'm crying on Zoom. March 23rd, the day before the start of distance learning, the middle school principal said this to parents in a Zoom video conference. Our faces at the top of the screen like blocks in a quilt border. You're not expected to be your child's teacher. The most important thing is grace. We need to give ourselves grace, give our children grace and the world grace. And I wanted to cry for her kindness, her forgiveness, her grace, but my camera was on. Yeah, that was one of my first experiences with the Zoom thing. And, you know, now I might feel more comfortable <laughs> crying, but there were all these people I didn't know. And it felt like kind of a, a meet, you know, whatever, a PTA meeting or something. And I was like, ah, oh, hold it in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was such a new world, right? Yeah. And we yeah. were all navigating. So tell me about the creation of the book. Tell people who are not familiar 
um, with you and your story, a lot of people are neighborhood people and, and are so excited about this. I know we've been hearing it in the community of people who've bought copies for their friends and their family members. So tell us a little of your story of this creation of this birthing. Yeah. Well, um, I've always been a creative writer, but I've kind of, it's threaded in and out of my life. Um, and in the past few years, I had decided, uh, you know, this was my new thing. Diana, my youngest, um, so after 15 years, a few years ago, all, all kids were in school. And that was sort of my turning point where I was like, this is what I want to, this is my new thing, is work on my creative writing. So for the past few years, I had been um, mainly working on a memoir and doing others, you know, all sorts of stuff. But um, the interesting thing is that I never really felt confident about, I never, I, I never felt good about releasing it, sharing it. I always felt like I wasn't ready. The writing always felt somewhat difficult. And I felt like, oh, I need to do this first. I need to have an author platform. I need to take this <laughs> workshop. I need to, you know, get published in one place for, you know, all these things. And, um, and then the pandemic hit and so we're all of a sudden I was just like, I have to write about this. You know, it, so many, I'm, I think I'll be unpacking what happened for years, but um, I think it was the urgency, like this, this panic, like our lives are not going to go along just more or less normal the way we expected them to. This is not going to happen. And it was, you know, when schools closed and we were seeing what was happening in Italy, where my husband's family is, and it just seemed like a tsunami was about to, you know, pull our everything up and just pound it down on us. And it was terrifying. And, and I was just, you know, I think it was all that writing and the practicing and the workshops and all those things weren't for nothing because I started writing and it was flowing. I, I just needed to get it out. And this time, the thing that was different was that I really just wanted to communicate. It was, it was yes, it was a sense of preciousness. I gotta write this down, but it was like, oh my God, you know, can you believe this is happening to, to the world, you know, to people, to the world? I wanted to communicate instead of, is this writing good enough? Will people like it? Are, you know, am I going to be approved of? Am I going to be accepted? Are people going to think I'm good or not? You know, it, that was gone. It was just like, whoa. And writing became my way of, of just, you know, processing my feelings, you know, getting it out, um, communicating, just documenting so many things. And so I, started this, I had had this web address painting with words um, that I was gonna do something with, one of those many projects that I didn't really, you know, I started and just couldn't finish. And so I just dusted that off and then started um, publishing these things. Or I, you know, I put maybe like two weeks of writing in there and then I um, sent it out to people and then I kept writing in it. Um, I just needed to and I wanted to. And so it just built up, you know, no, it was just um, writing and sending these sort of missives out into the world. And it was the way I survived this, this horrible time, this, you know, solitary time. But I had the writing to 
to comfort me and to be my friend and to help me process all the, you know, intense, intense feelings that were going on. And so I am grateful for, um, you know, I mean, the book is really a product of, of the writing, the, the, the channel that I was given to, you know, to get through this. And to crisis. really document the year. I mean, it's just, yeah. it just feels like such a, a beautiful moment in time and documentation. Um, on 25, you do at the end of that chapter, at the end of that page say, another thing has changed too. Before this calamity, writing was so difficult and I was scared to show it to anyone. Now that there are bigger things to be afraid of, writing keeps me alive. And ease has burst from difficulty, a strange abundance out of scarcity. Um, and I think this is such, it's so, of course, synchronous, synchronous. I'm experiencing synchronicity because this morning I was listening to this Kabbalah talk about how shock can um, ignite energy. Mm, interesting. And not for everybody, not all the time, but for some, it really, the shock to the system can create action. Interesting. And yeah. when I was going through the book this morning and reading that page, because I wanted to talk about your writing process and like your practice and you have five children um, and you are, I mean, one of the things that struck me was how much you're cooking with them and how much home stuff they know. I mean, I was like, man, she is a Renaissance mama. They are like knitting and sewing and gardening and cooking and making things and painting. And I'm, I'm literally laying in bed like, Y'all okay over there with your Netflix? You know, like, I'm like, I'm reading about Amy's, wow. And I would bring Sailor in and be like, look what Mark knows how to make. <laughs> They're setting up lunch. We're ordering from Uber. Like, it's just like a hilarious, you know, like, oh my goodness, like how much, how you have such an incredible um, gift with your children, the, the way that it comes through, the time and the, real deep like spaciousness for responsibility and parenting at such a deep level and your kids are such a big age range that I just could picture the whole thing kind of playing out so beautifully um but that shock to energy or shock to action is what stood out from that talk this morning and then reading it there so did yeah. anything in like your writing practice change or your creative energy change or talk a little bit about that um yeah I mean I, I no longer, so with the kids not at school, it was not like, okay, drop them off and now go to my writing room and produce, you know? And often it was like, okay, I gotta write for an hour and a half and I'd set a timer and it was almost like a forced, you know, sometimes it was torturous, sometimes it went better, but it was never, it never really felt like I really wanted or need, you know, had an urge to do it. It was like, I, I want, I want to do this, but it's hard and I got to make myself. Yeah. So with the pandemic, um, it really was like, I, I started doing all those things that they say you should do as a writer, but I never did before. Like <laughs> take a notebook everywhere you went. You know, I did because I knew that maybe if we're at the playground or something, I'd want to jot something down or I'd notice something. And so I, I just, you know, took it upstairs to, to the bathroom with me, took it downstairs to have breakfast. You know, I just brought it with me and sometimes, yeah, I would just pick it up and jot something down. Or, um, you know, when I was having a difficult time with the kids or something, I could sit there by myself and write and sort of, 
you know, cry into my notebook. And yeah. so it was always there to collect things. And then when I um, had some time, like if they were playing outside well by themselves or watching something, I would type up what I thought would be good for a, an entry. And then over just like in the cracks of life, I would revise those pieces. You know, I'd spend a little time on the computer when I could, you know, like because this was all happening in the spring and the summer, I did a lot of writing on the porch. So like while they were riding bikes or something, I put my computer on this little makeshift table we put out there and was, you know, soaking up the fresh air and seeing neighbors walk by and watching the kids, but also getting some work done. And so it just felt, it was just weirdly natural. It was like, I just got it done when I need to, like it just happened. and you know, something broke open during the pandemic and and I don't really understand what it was. I think it was partly the layers being burned off or just, you know, everything collapsing, you know, society in a way collapsed. So my role in society, like I wasn't seeing anybody anymore. So there wasn't that, I think, I had a lot of shyness about my writing. So I knew that I wasn't going to run into people and drop <laughs> off and they'd be like, oh my God, I can't believe, you know. So then I'd have to face them after putting something really personal out there. So I wasn't, it, there was like this protectiveness of the quarantine, this darkness that was nurturing and soothing to me. And I, yes, I feel like I've always been a writer, but I'm also um, relatively social. I'm, I'm an obliger and I, Mm -hmm. I'm very concerned about other people's feelings and is everybody good? You know, how's the harmony? Did I say something to upset you? And then, oh my gosh, I've got to fix that. You know, and so I spent so much time, you know, trying to get all my relationships and my area, my community feeling good that there wasn't a lot of time for understanding how I was feeling right. and even considering that to be important. So the, um, you know, the pandemic changed that, it, you know, it was, it was a terrible gift. Beautiful, terrible gift. And there's another, there's this layer of your Italian family and kind of what happened in the earlier, in the earliest stages of how emergency extreme Italy was um, and what we were getting from it. And your husband's a doctor. Yeah. Yeah, he was, there was, you know, he's a doctor in a psychiatric hospital, yeah. so they weren't, you know, treating people with COVID, but they had break, you know, the outbreaks at the hospital. So it was scary. I mean, they lost a few nurses, they lost some patients. I mean, it was, it was a real thing. And he had to go, his schedule has not changed at all. He has had to go in right. just as much. In fact, he has, is working more and you know, it's been more stressful. So, um, you know, the kids and I were home a lot, but he wasn't. So it was, I don't know. Anyway, we, you know, yeah. everybody had a totally different experience of this. What was beautiful about it in a terrible way was that the whole world had the same problem. Yeah. And that we, it connected us, you know, we were all vulnerable. We all have lungs, you know, we all have skin. And so it, to me, it just like broke down all the barriers that, and sort of leveled, you know, nobody was a superstar anymore. You know, nobody was, 
at the bottom of the rung because we were all just in this, you know, of course, everyone's experience was different. Yes, right. But so, naming the privilege of the of the different technology access and having schools. I mean, there, yes, there are levels and layers, but there was an essence of everybody is struggling and figuring out how to get out of this in their own sort of pit. And some were higher and some were lower and some were deeper and some were wider and some were darker. And yet everyone was in it. Yeah. And, you know, yes, coming from a place of privilege and comfort and, you know, we have this house, you know, we have a garden, a, you know, yard. That the kids what one is that? Oh my God. Paige. But we, go ahead. You have the house, the pink boat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a, we painted our house pink and I had this vision that our house was a boat and we were riding it through the storm. Yeah. Yeah, that's like a whatever, a six line poem. Our pink house. Page 13. Yeah. <laughs> become a ship bearing us through this storm. You know, and then I think about the people in Italy who had an apartment, you know, yeah. no uh, no balcony maybe, or right. you know, separated from, you know, adult children separated from parents, you know, all, I mean, there's so much suffering in our country. So many people who could not quarantine, who, you know, were, considered essential and so we're out there on the front line you know our soldiers and you know so so much i mean just reading the paper every day and seeing the suffering the job losses you know entire industries just collapsing people out of work for months you know just all the hunger the the food lines all that like it just broke my heart and i needed my heart to be broken yeah. i I needed to feel that I needed to not be so protected and closed and like going through my life, you know, like, yeah. do, 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 you know, I needed to have my heart ripped and ragged for a while and, and try walking through life like that and feeling how other people, yeah. what other people are going through. And, and it allowed me to also feel my own heart which I didn't realize I closed myself to as well. So that was a side effect. Did any of the, any of your children um, say anything about it? Like, don't write about me or we want to well, see- I asked them before I published the, you know, the website yeah. before I went live, I asked them if I could and I gave them some examples and I showed them, you know, what, you mm -hmm. know, would this be okay? And before I, you know, put the book into print, I did the same thing. I, I, with each member of the family, I went through all the places that they appeared. Is this okay? Is this okay? So they were basically okay. I mean, the, <laughs> Mark, Mark and Luke especially thought it was hilarious all the times that I talked about how they were naughty or threw Diana's shoe in the litter box. <laughs> Let me see that part again. I'm like, you know, they just, they, they think it's funny. So, uh, you know, I, we had, you know, some good times with it. The whole thing about the shining silver still makes, still cracks me up. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> anyway and now what do you think from now are you still writing tell me like do you want to write another book are you is this was this open up so that now you feel more comfortable and this will be a bigger part of your life yeah i mean i am still writing once a week on the same page painting with words so i you know it's slowed down a little bit but i'm still writing because i the pandemic's still going on i still yeah. feel yeah. 
called. I, I want to document my life. I want to process my feelings. I want to remember this time yeah. and I want to communicate. I, and I, it's flowing. So I'm going with it. Um, I've also started to work again on one of the projects I was working on before, mm -hmm. a longer one, which is, you know, more of a challenge for me. It's, it's like basically a novel link thing, but um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's my next challenge to see if I can do something that doesn't that I by myself in my room without this constant like you know putting out to the world some feedback you know without this constant communication with the world yeah um and that's sometimes harder for me I I get I don't know a little lonely or what you know what are people gonna think you know it's just like sometimes the the brain the self-doubt comes in but um but yeah I mean I I feel like I, I I'm, I'm no, the writing thing is there and it's going to stay. So that's wonderful. This has like opened the door and, and I will keep doing it in different forms. I'm sure. I always like to ask people who've overcome, you know, a, a challenge or a struggle or something that they like longed for, but then weren't doing like someone's listening and they're like, Oh, I really want to write a song. or I really want to like choreograph a dance. or I want to write a, I want to write a book. Um, what would you say like what are some good you know strategies yeah um you know i i've spent like kind of 50 years of my life <laughs> feeling the same way and um i feel like this in a way this happened to me accidentally so i would first of all say if it's if it's been happening for a while for you and it's not happening it's okay like that's you know, I consider myself a late bloomer. Like it sometimes takes a while. I needed, I needed to, to, to I guess the trauma, you know, broke me open. And of course you can't recommend that or um, you would never want the, that or wish it on anybody. But um, sometimes the, the worst things, the worst times can be the best times. Mm -hmm. And I, um, it's really hard for me to admit that and say that, but there's something about when we get in our normal life, you know, we get in our little routines and going our way and our little track and we just, we, we get, we wrap ourselves in layers and layers and it protects, it, it insulates our own heart, our own connection to our soul, which I think is what people need, what we need in order to access that love, that soul longing. We need the connection with the soul. Yeah. But everyday living and everyday society is not really conducive to that. So um, yeah. it just requires you breaking into that somehow. And whether it's, you know, spending <laughs> time alone, doing retreats, um, knowing that i think one thing that the pandemic taught me is that everybody is vulnerable everybody has feelings everybody wants to know that you are real and imperfect and you freak out and and we all like we we all are made from the same stardust you know and if we can just keep reminding ourselves that mm -hmm. that we're all in this together and i know it doesn't feel like that many times but it's just so important to keep feeling that and and relaxing into the the sense of togetherness so that we can be okay with being ourselves. And I think so much of the creative process, like now you have a tangible book and you're holding it in your hands, 
but um, in my experience, it kind of like scratches an itch, but then a new itch comes up. Like it, it's, it's like the creative process, especially when aligned with soul callings or cravings is just cyclical. It's, it's not like, oh, done with that, you know, oh, phew, yeah. now I'm all set for life and I can kick my feet up. Like the creative beast, at least my goddess is very like, like, you know, create podcasts, write, draw, then you want to sing. Like she's constantly wanting me to prioritize her, her longings and desires. Um, yeah. And I just say that because I think sometimes people have, have, you know, people will reach out to me and be like, I want coaching to write my book because I'm not getting it done. And then I'll be done or like, then I'll be good. And I really look at the whole process much more as like just one of the wheels of our life is like creative work and creative longings and callings. Um, in my experience, don't go away. <laughs> Even when you do one thing, then, you know, there may be a pause and a contraction and like an exhale and a rest, and then it re engages. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, cause I think that the creative, um, the, the creative outflow is really an expression of soul and you always want to be in touch with your soul. So you don't want to be done. You know, yeah, sure. You might want to allow your voice to go out into the world, but if you're done, then you've closed yourself up again. And, and also that I spent many, many years thinking that I want to get something out in the world because I need to prove that I'm good enough to be here. Mm. Like, it sounds crazy, but you know, so like basically my whole life, well, I'm not, somehow I don't belong, mm -hmm. you know, somehow I, I snuck in here and they're going to find out that I'm not good enough to be here. I'm going to be kicked out. And so mm -hmm. this, you know, my writing has to be mm -hmm. perfect. It has to be just right. It has to wow everybody, you know? And so obviously it was not going to flow. Obviously it was going to mm -hmm. feel difficult. It was not going to come because nothing can live up to that standard. So um, mm -hmm. it's very hard to, to quiet that part of oneself that needs the approval. It's very, very hard. I mean, I, it just, for me, it just kept coming back. I would think I was, you know, oh yeah, this is, it's flowing, this is what I wanna do. And then it would retransform itself and come back again and with a different face on. And it was, mm -hmm always somehow weaseling around to look at me from the outside you know it was the self-conscious like how are people gonna see me and so I anyway I think I have a particularly um it was a big struggle for me maybe it isn't so much for other people but um you want the connection to the soul and so if it's done then hopefully you'll want to do more. It's not yeah. about that. It's just yeah. like, it feels good to, to read. You know, I always would like flip through magazines and, you know, look for books that expressed what I want. Like, I want to see what was basically, yeah. I wanted to see exactly what I wanted to see and read exactly what I wanted to see that felt like me, yeah. but I never found it. And then finally I realized like I have to write it. So feel so so much reading but feeling it come out of you mm. and that that freedom 
that it has to to flow um, into the world. Yeah, I think this is really interesting too because sometimes the dance between like what you publish and share publicly and have that relationship and that feedback versus or in addition to or complementary to what you're privately working on and working with. And in my experience, I need both. So like external, um, like being able to write a blog post or a, um, an email newsletter or something where someone says me too, you know, there's a connection and it kind of is motivating, yeah. Yeah. but I've been working on this, this like lifelong book journey memoir um, piece that I love and I don't want to share it with anybody. Like I want to be in relationship with that sacredly and quietly and like intimately and I don't want to have it out in the world yet. So I just also say that there's like external and sort of front facing. And then there's also behind the scenes. Cause a lot of people will say to me, like, I want to write a book and just publish it and like get to that. Um, but there's so much behind the scenes. There's so much intimacy with your writing or your work or the creative process. Um, and that's what I'm hearing from you too, is like you have your, the painting with words and you're sharing that, but you're also working on other projects that are not so public right now. Is that true? Mm. Hold on. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. During the pandemic, it was this, have to communicate. Oh my God, can you believe what's just happening to us? All this intense to, um, document and get things out. And then when things started slowing down, I was like, you know, I, I felt that I felt toward yeah. downside and uh, eventually realized it was, I think something needs, something else needs to be born. So I realized it was time to slow down on website and that's where I'm working. I know what you're saying. I need to do this in private. I don't want to workshop it. The way I've been um, working on this has been people. Okay, so the internet was going in and out and then crashed. So we're back. So go ahead. We were talking about publishing externally versus internally and what that process is like. Right. So I do have this this public thing, which is this once a week, you know, piece mm -hmm. that I write and use to communicate with the world. But then I have this other private writing that I've been doing mm -hmm. really with a writing partner. So we, um, but I don't even want to share it with anybody right now. Yeah. I, I need to, it's like, I, I did try to share a while ago and it felt, you know, a year ago, whatever, when I was still working on it, it felt like serving like a half baked pie to someone like it was all runny and you know everything spilled out when you cut a piece and it just you know pe people were like oh I'm ex I, I'm interested to hear about that I want you know I want to know more about this which was great but it, you know if it's a long thing you're gonna tell you probably end up telling them about those things they're curious about it just doesn't have to happen in that one chapter so I am um, doing this writing now by myself but with a writing partner so we text each other like every morning four days a week at 9 30 
and we, when we start and we end usually an hour later, hour and a half later, and we text each other when we stop. So it's been, it's so simple. Yeah. I mean, accountability but, is huge. Yeah. 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 It, it yeah. helped. It, we both feel it, there's a different quality when yeah. we're writing together, when we know the other person is there and I don't need to share it right now. I don't want to share it, but it's helping me, you know, I, I kind of needed that hand holding because I was scared. Yeah. You know, I'd been away from this material for so long. Yeah. I did feel I wanted to go back to it, but I was also like, you know, it's, it's my new challenge. We were talking about the, the other day, the upper, it's the new upper limit. And so it's scary, but, um, but I'm doing it like, you know, baby step by baby step and um, we'll see. I love it. But yeah. I, it, good to have some private creative time. Well, and I just also like, I don't feel like you, like we were talking about a little bit, like it's not such a rush. It doesn't need to be such a rush. Like I really believe in writing as healing, as a path of healing. And some things just are not meant to be rushed. And I have like a pretty solid, uh, very fast paced of being able to process and digest and produce things. And so to actually have something that's not in that realm feels like an edge for me and feels like I'm, I'm loving that it's not fast. Cause you know, even delight when I went through that book process, it was a nine week program. I mean, the whole thing was like, bust it out fast. (laughs) And that's what I did. And that I'm good at what I'm learning is to slow down and enjoy the writing as the healing, because I really do believe in that. And, and then when I feel it's almost like what you said to the kind of channeling piece is like, I'll just wake up in the morning and sit down at my table and be like, (gasps) and then I'm like, send publish. Okay. Go for a walk. Um, and that is just a really different process than what's happening behind, um, the longer term projects, you know? Yes. Um, and yeah. I think it's just important always to like be transparent about process because there are differences, but like you said earlier, being an obliger, having that accountability is going to be so important to you because you're going to value, you're not going to want to let your partner down. <laughs> yeah. So that will put your butt to chair. As I say with my friend, Tina, where I always say, what's your butt to chair work today, you know, in the writing process. Cause you can read about writing you can think about writing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can oh, talk yeah. about was, writing. That was my favorite pastime. That was my most delicious book was about writing, you know, writing the writing process, reading about awful. other people writing, <laughs> right. not me, right? Like, read. <laughs> oh, and then what do you do? And what pens do you use and paper? And what's your yeah. schedule? Like, <laughs> I just loved it, you know? Oh, me too. I still love it, but it's yeah. not what to share. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, and it's so hard to get out of that time, um, that time pressure thing too. It's really hard. You know, I get it. I, I really empathize with people about that. I felt like I gotta do it now. You know, people are gonna be wondering, what am I doing all this time? Like, are you doing nothing? Like, you know, it it was just this desperation, like simmering underneath. That's really not fun to live with. It's just very uncomfortable. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, I think it's part of the world we live in, unfortunately. Yeah. There's like an underlying restlessness with it all. Yeah. 
and and staying relevant like because of social media and the ways that we're connected externally like relevance becomes this thing um wow. and it's very it messes with my mind because i'm like do i really need to be relevant you know i just it's something to think about is like yeah do i only feel, here's what i'm saying on that i try to push myself to not only write publicly because that feels like that can become very addicting. And we've talked about this before, you and I actually privately is like, it can become something you become addicted to. And then you want that praise and feedback yes. and then you're trying to stay relevant and you're thinking people are waiting for me to write something, you know, right. that can just be really distracting to the actual creative healing, digesting, writing, metabolizing process where there's more spaciousness, you know? And I think of how many writers I know, like Ann Patchett, for example, you know, just like people who are prolific for like my whole life. Um, I'm not seeing them. I'm not necessarily like, I'm not personally on social in this way right now, but like, like posting on Instagram 500 times a day, you know, or having that kind of, that kind of, there is this kind of deep work. Um, and I'm not seeing them like trying to be relevant. Um, I'm seeing yeah. Put out books that align with their process and who they are, and that feels like such a gift. Yes, you know, yes. and so oh, trying yes. to so align that, you know, what like trying to align my own values and and practices more to deep work over a lifetime yes. rather than what we're seeing right now, which is like fast, quick. Everybody can publish and put stuff out, and that's part of what self publishing that's part of the shadow of it. it there's a there's a light and it's easy to get things out and it's so wonderful and there's a dark which is you it could look like if you're not publishing all the time um mm. you see what i'm saying yeah. because we've kind of taken away some yeah. of the it's so interesting yeah yeah it's so important though to have your time with yourself away from social media, away from all yeah. the interaction and the pandemic has given that to some people and some people have welcomed it. Yeah. The break from the constant interaction and need for feedback or ex expectation for, you know, all that stuff. But yeah, a lot of writers don't have social media accounts. Oh. And yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's like, you know, yeah. I get it. I get why they don't. Yeah, you have to you yeah. have to be with yourself. Yeah. Like that's where you're going to make your creative work. You have to make that connection. And when you're so distracted by what other people are doing, it's you know you're just like wait, where was I again? It, you know, you need time, like you say, to marinate in your own soul. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Anything final you want to say before I have you close out with the, a prayer from page 82? I want you to read this whole beautiful thing to us. Oh yeah. That's one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, no, nothing. I just, um, I appreciate being here and it's been really fun talking and so fun. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. All the talk about all soul and writing and creativity for all of our days, I hope. <laughs> yes, it's the best. Mm. Okay, so this one was written on April 23rd, mm -hmm. 2020. Um, it was probably, they were talking about when we would open back up. This is when we were in lockdown. And, but the idea of opening back up was in the air. 
The world is quiet, like a wintry day when feathery snowflakes fall one by one until everything is thick and round, telling us to stay home, go back to bed, play. Every weekend now is a family weekend. Every meal is a table set for seven. Every night, children are all safe in their beds. Now is a time when it feels natural to write a letter by hand, to call a friend and talk long, to make rolls from flour and salt when the shelves are bare. But how can I love this life when it's covered with the blood of sacrifice? How can I know this joy when it is lifted from the shoulders of misery? I confess that I dread the glorious day when normal life opens up again, when our calendar will be colonized like a strategy game being played by ourselves and others on the territory of our lives. When I will once again take up battle with my princesses about what they're wearing, where they are going and who they are with. When I am alone in the crowd and feel like a girl in a rushing windstorm, trying to find my way home. I am powerless to direct the evolution of the world. The only thing left to do is ask. May this time change me. May it open me to suffering I have not let myself feel, to beauty I have not stopped long enough to see. Show me how to sit in my own heart so that when it is time, I may walk gently into this new world and not lose my way. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Pleasance. So beautiful. It's great thank to be you, Thank you. Everyone, get the book. <laughs> <laughs> See you soon, Anne. Bye. Thanks. <laughs>